Hello and welcome to Ear Read This, The Foul Papers. Uh, I'm Ash. And I'm Adam. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's good to see you. First one of the year. Um, earlier in the week, I was, um, I was talking about Midsummer Night's Dream and I mentioned how pretty the language is. But Adam, modern literature is all about straightforwardness, simplicity and treating ambiguity with all the befuddled suspicion of a caveman finding a dishwasher. So with that in mind, can you describe your Christmas break in two words, an emoticon and a silly noise of your choice? Uh, less pretentious. And an emoticon? A sad face. <laughs> and a silly noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, everyone I asked either went for ooh or... I think everyone just wanted to get 2018 done with, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, mine was bulk parsnips, thumbs up. That was a lot of food. Yeah. Um, do you have a New Year's resolution? Um, I'm going to maybe cut out some bad habits. Oh, yeah? Such as? Reading. Re- I think I might, <laughs> might stop reading. <laughs> I thought you couldn't read. Oh, well, I, I learned to read. Yeah. Realised it wasn't actually you realized, all it was cracked up realized to Realised over Christmas, did you? Over Christmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, read, I read 300 canon books and decided it wasn't worth it. And oh, because that, you know, that could have been helpful for this. Because, you know, we talk about books on this. Oh, this is a book podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. I thought this was just a... F- I, thought, I thought we talked about films, mostly. Uh, well, I think... <laughs> when we started, I think we did. <laughs> um, but uh, do you want to know what my um, New Year's resolution is? What's your New Year's resolution, Ash? It's stop being so hard on Adam Barkley on here. Oh, read this. Oh, thank God. Look, I actually wrote it down. Read, read what that says. <laughs> Go on, read it out. Be, be nicer to Adam Beerfly. Uh, be a fly oh, on yeah. ear read this. I think you, you spelled yeah, my name yeah. wrong. No, it's been so long, I sort of forgot. You can my name was. Because I always remind myself what it is when you're coming. <laughs> I'm glad you've made props. But but no, that's what I want to do, because um, remember that time I was Scrooge? And yeah. I was really mean to you. It wasn't so far from the truth. No, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. Um, I want to make this podcast as good as it can be, starting yesterday. Okay. Um, so, like, things I might have had a pop at you about, like, the fact you can't read, mm. um, the fact that... You've turned up today with a couple of feathers sticking out of your mouth again. Um, like, I've never known what's going on with you with that, because <laughs> it's not the first time. And um, I know I've mocked you for it, but you've never offered any explanation at all. And neither will I. No, I know. But I can see, like, from your eyes, there's a, uh, there's a story behind it. Um, but, you know, uh, if it had just been the once, then I'd have given you the benefit of the doubt. But... More than once is a pattern, isn't it? Well, it's not a pattern if it's... Yeah, more than once it is, yeah. yeah. A guy turns up to a podcast two, three, four, five, six, seven times with feathers around his mouth, you know. There's a story there. There's definitely something going on. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? It's not, none of my business and I'm not going to give you any slack I about appreciate it. that. But yeah, in the past I would have thought after seven times, you know, <laughs> this guy's eating the birds. Yeah. Okay, done. That's it. Uh, but like I said, that's, New Year's resolution. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, fair enough. Let's move on. Adam, what would this quiz be if not padded out with a quiz? <laughs> I said quiz twice. You I? said quiz. Well, that's, that just makes the point, doesn't it? <laughs> what, what would this, this quiz, quiz be, be if, if it I was... Pad it out with a quiz. quiz. Okay, quiz me. Um, are you ready? A very simple quiz. Oh, kick us off in 2019. good. I need, I need my confidence bolstered a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's dead easy. You're going to storm it. We've talked about our Christmases and New Year's. Um, let's talk about the Christmas and New Year's of famous authors. Oh, excellent. Question one. This Christmas, which of the following authors got the fattest? <laughs> Was it A, Kate Fatkinson? <laughs> B, Kazuo Ishiguro Ita? 
<laughs> or C, more snacks, McCarthy. <laughs> I, I I thought I was going to go with B because that was my favourite pun, but yeah. C. C exceeded my expectations, so I'm going to go with C. Well, you'll be happy you did, because it was more snacks Oh, yeah. He puts on his Instagram that he got so fat off chocolate biscuits (laughs) that his missus put a note on the fridge that said, no cookies for fat men. (laughs) Um, Do you follow him on Instagram? I don't, know. He's a hoot. Is he actually? Is this a laugh with or a laugh at? Uh, Both. Okay. A bit of both. Okay, question two. One for one. Question two. This Christmas, which of the following authors got the drunkest? Oh. Was it A, Salman Sloshty, <laughs> B, Michelle Wellrecht, or C, Caroline Duffy? <laughs> C, Caroline Duffy. Oh, direct. It was C, Caroline Duffy. She put on her Snapchat that Dylan Thomas ain't got piss on me, bring on 2019, dot, 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 pints of Baileys. <laughs> Cheers, up your bum. If you see a Duffy coming, run. <laughs> um, so yeah, Car- posted at one minute past midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't think she stopped there. I don't think she went home to bed after that. I think she had a bigger one. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure if anyone's heard from her. Um, okay, question three, a bit similar. This Christmas, which of the following authors got so out of control they went primal and embarked on a killing spree? So lavish and drawn out that even as I speak, it is still going on, ignored by the authorities who say this author is, quote, just doing their thing. Is it A, John Grusham? B, Zadie Smithereens? Or C, Geoffrey Archer, who got a new bow and arrow for Christmas and he wants everyone to know about it? It's Geoffrey Archer. Well, actually, it was a trick question. The correct answer is the fisherman of Japan. Who celebrated? <laughs> who have, who have decided? Have decided that they're going to relaunch their whaling Thank campaign. Thank you. And they tried to sneak the announcement in while we were all eating mince pies. The crafty bastards. Well, you can't pull the skin's narwhal over our eyes, you barbarians. With any luck, you will fall into the flippers of some skillfully vicious mermen who require a living human prostate to lay their painfully shaped eggs in. Congratulations, Ash. That I'm was getting something. Getting through that. That. <laughs> Would you, Adam, like to use this platform to attack them or anyone else? I'll have a go at them. Yeah, go for it. I mean, it's a very cynical move. It is. They're doing it, they're doing it to be contrarian. Yeah. Probably. They're doing it because we've asked them quite nicely, please don't, please don't yeah. hunt the whales anymore. So they're going to stick it to us by hunting the whales to extinction. The bastards. The bastards. And they only, do you know, they only eat the hair of the whale. I, I didn't think they, they even, eat, throw I didn't think they even the ate of any of it. I just thought they took the heads as trophies. They only eat the beards. Only the beards. And whales only have tiny little beards, just little, um, what do you call them? You know, like John Travolta had for ages. A soul patch. A soul patch. <laughs> whales only have a soul patch. The, the, the fishermen just sort of chip that off. <laughs> chip it off. Fry it's it made up, of barnacles. Fry yeah. up sort of six or seven at the time, because you can't get much out no. of it. Um, and then... Uh, smoke it. Smoke it. Yeah. yeah. Shocking. And then what happens to the rest of the whale? It's just thrown back in. Yeah, just bleeds to death in the sea. Yeah, and they post, they post a little bit of it to... Yeah. The Greenpeace as well, every time. Bastards. Bastards. It's a bit late, but would you like a present? Oh, you have, have, a present? Yeah. Uh, I've written something for you. Oh, amazing. Um, that you asked me for. Okay. N- now, I'm not... Do I, do I remember asking you for this? Well, let me give... Let's see what clues I can give you. It was on a very mm-hmm. recent episode. Okay. And you said, hmm, you should, or we should... Or someone should write this. Okay. What I'm about to read you. 
Okay. It was based on a book we re- um, talked about together, so that narrows it down to two. Um, have you done? Have you done something Patterson-y? I have. You asked me. Do you remember how the chapters of Haunted by James Patterson ended, or how they tended to end? Have you? Please tell me you've put together every last sentence of the James Patterson. Every last word. Every last word. Oh. Do you want to hear it? Oh yeah. I've been, I've, I, I, I was thinking about this. Really? I, I, I was thinking about that as an idea, and you've done it. You actually did remember. Okay. Um, do you remember how the book was split into four parts? Yes. Well, in my James Patterson poem, I've called those four movements. Okay. Okay. Some kind of bowel movement. And I want to know, yeah, I want to know as well, do you feel like you'd be able to follow the whole plot of Haunted through this? I think you could get at least the beats. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Movement one. <laughs> right again, Lynn. Me again, said children, kids. Suspicion... <laughs> killer (laughs) kind days courtroom helpless place too courtroom verdict score patience marshal right up gun hands moments it feeling people left him priest ears that's from part one of haunted yeah well that that and actually, it is indeed haunting that's very haunting but you know what that wasn't unfollowable no what well, i felt like i was the whole, i was just rereading the whole thing yeah I was there back there with matthew bennett what was it, was it, ben- it was bennett bennett was it michael bennett michael bennett yeah yeah i know i think it might have been i can't fucking remember now movement two includes what sounds like a confession has has james patterson done a sort of Metallica style message from the like devil. He's been hiding something for a while and he's now trying to communicate with the world. <laughs> you got me. Did did he somehow manage to end the chapters with the words I'm a hack? <laughs> uh no, it's a it's actually a worse confession than that. Shall I read it to you? Please. So this is movement two. Much shorter. Vacation Heart Manor. Table for happened thought again. To about me, call now teenager's body. (laughs) And then, thought be country nothing. Which I thought was quite, thought be country nothing. Thought be country nothing. That's what I think James Patterson Patterson actually thinks about. James Patterson. Patterson, Patterson. Um, You know, thought be a country nothing. Thought be a country. Lost. These are the kind of things he he wants to be writing, but he's been forced into this pigeonhole by his audience's expectations. But he's trying to communicate with us through... The poem he hid. Do you think he's murdered a teenager? No, well, I think he might have done that as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this one's uh, even more suspect. Are you ready? A long face, be it <clears throat> secrets. Earth. Darkness. Bitch. <laughs> family shit. <laughs> anyway, upholstery? Handcuffs? It? I feel like I know a lot more about James Patterson now that after after this poem that you've written than having read an entire book by him. I mean, well, all the words are his. They are all his. Yeah, yeah. Just it, out of order and in the wrong context. This literally is every last word <clears throat> from every chapter in um, Haunted. James Patterson's Haunted. So yeah. you haven't you haven't taken a couple of words at a time. This is every last word. Every last word. Yeah. It's turned out shockingly coherent. Well, you haven't heard the last bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so this is part four. Um, I wasn't even going to include this because it's so obscure, but it is 
it's got one gem, which is how many times he finished alternate chapters with a character's name. And you're going to recognize it. Okay. And I promise you, I've made no alteration. If you're listening at home and you've got a copy of Haunted, like we all have, Read along. You can check that I've done no cheating. Here it starts. Complicated right look situations. Impressed city. Townspeople, obvious shot. Great streeter. Known streeter. Home streeter. <laughs> Seller exception again. <clears throat> Chest her, that alone, fine. Future van ever happen, son? So it tails off a bit at it the end. It does tail off there, a bit at the end. But um, Great Streeter, Known Streeter, Home Streeter, uh, I just couldn't resist <laughs> including. That's, that's, that, that's some real poetry right there. Yeah, and you can remember those chapters, can't you? Because it, it was all like, it was Del Streeter. He kept turning up. It was time to find Del, Del Streeter. Who stood before me now? Del, Del Streeter. Streeter. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that book. So yeah. Anyway, happy Christmas. There you go. Cheers. That's that, that's that's the, that was on. That was honestly the best present I've had. Really? Oh yeah. good. Well, I'm glad. Now, just because I've decided to stop being <clears throat> a Scrooge towards you, uh, that doesn't mean this podcast can't have an element of competition. Okay. Um, you've got Goodreads. I do have a Goodreads. Have you set a good, yourself a Goodreads challenge this year? One. One. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, did you set one last year? And did you make it? Um, I think I did set one. I think I set myself 30 last year. Okay. I definitely read 30, but I... I oh, no, no, no. no I, I set myself 75. Yeah. I don't think I made 75. Yeah. I think I was... I stopped using Goodreads in about March. Yeah. So I think I, I probably made it to around 40 or 50 odd. Well, yeah, that's good. But I didn't... You know, I was that's, that's, that's one every couple of weeks. Yeah. In like the festival and around Christmas, it sort of fell off. But I was yeah. reading, and I read a few cheaty novellas. Yeah, yeah. A few, yeah. um, a few board books. Very, <laughs> very short introductions to that kind of thing. You know those ones that can float in the bath. Yeah, those yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, haunted. And of course, well, did you count it? No, I didn't. No, I couldn't bring myself no. to. No. Um, okay, so we're not gonna just do like a challenge and try and beat each other because that would just be dull. No, because um, you'd win. Well, you say that. If you got nearly 75, I set myself 200 last year and I um, crashed out at 100. So I've, I missed my, <laughs> my mark by about... But you still, oh. you still read double the amount that I did last year. You, I thought you said we read 75. No, I, 75 was my goal. Oh, okay. I think okay. I actually read about 50-odd. Well, I think my progress was actually hampered by doing this podcast. Well, were you counting every Shakespeare play you read as one of them? I would count every Shakespeare play I read, but not reread. Oh, okay. So that took a bit of a. Chunk. So you didn't just reread *Love's Labour's Lost* twenty times in a row. No, no. But you Although, do, you did, but you just didn't count it. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. count it. Yeah, um, you can't on Goodreads, of course. No, it's only you can you can only read something once. Goodreads, that I mean, that's one negative on Goodreads because. You know, can you? You know how you can. Books can you, only know, be you know how you can change. You can change the edition that yeah. you're reading. Can you read every single edition of a particular book? No. Okay. But there are obviously. Ex- God, this is getting really geeky. There are <laughs> exceptions. So something like the Odyssey has been so differently. Ah, uh, each translation counts as its own yeah. work. Okay. So you could, yeah. 
Okay. But then you are just reading another book, so you can't really, you know. So if we, so where does the element of competition come in? Because it's, so, it's not going to be reading numbers, because no, you, you would win. No, it's going to be much more arbitrary and silly than that. Oh, fantastic. So we're going to each pick a book. We're going to do this for the whole of this series. Okay. So for at least sort of six months-ish. Okay. Um, I can't remember if that's right. Maybe five months. Um, so we're each going to pick a book each week. The other is going to try and guess the Goodreads aggregate score of that, of that book. book. Um, and because we are seasoned reviewers now, clearly, uh, we should have an instinctive grasp of an unmoderated aggregate rating from the Goodreads community, yep. right? I mean, Absolutely. it should be just spiritual for us yeah, and instinctive. Um, so we guessed to two decimal places, as is Goodreads um, sort of form. Uh, if, we guess it, if we guess it absolutely right, we get a perfect zero. Okay. And if we um, and if we don't, we get uh, however many we're out by. Okay, so we're we're playing golf rules. We're playing golf rules. Okay. And we're aiming for the lowest score possible. Um, so whoever has the lowest number at the end of the series wins, and we will decide at some point on a prize or a forfeit. Yeah, and then you get to officially change your Goodreads handicap as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll guess the first one today, reveal the results next week, and then follow on from there okay so um oh and also gentlemen's honor if we're picking really obscure books for each other they a have to have a rating at all okay so you can't pick a non okay um and b uh we give each other at least a fraction of information about it something to go on you know it's the genre if it's really obscure or when it was they, written there might or... not be any but you know like a date um yeah uh, yeah whatever um, colour it how you like. Um, so, yes, have you thought of one or would you like me to give you one to start with? I've thought of one, but you, you go first. Okay. <sighs> give me one second. Mine is called... Uh, well, mine has a, na- has a word in it that I've never said out loud, so that was the first thing <laughs> that, in- that interested me. Um, but it's called Short Sermons. Okay. Hope you haven't read it. You looked at me for a second, then like, ah, I, I'm familiar with this. So is that is? Have you never said the word sermons out loud? No, hang on. Oh, it's called short sermons. Brackets, opuscules or opuscules or. Spell it for me. O p u s c u l e s. Not a clue. I'm going to say. Opuscule. Opuscules. Opuscules. Opuscules of the London Institute of Pataphysics. <clears throat> so, <laughs> familiar? Uh, yeah, so it's my, it my book of the year in 2014. Okay, so um, the reason I picked it will be revealed now. I also want to. Did you, did you go into a shop or something? And... No, no, no. I'm about to reveal my hand with why I picked this book. Okay. It is written by a man. Called Donald Parsnips. <laughs> I, 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 I elect, I elect to say you're lying, sir. Then there is not a man named D Parsnips. I swear to you, if I didn't have the score on the screen, I would show you. In fact, no, I can. I can show you. There you go. I can just hide the score. Short sermons by Donald Parsnips. It's a real book, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um. Okay. So. Um. You can guess the score, and I will tell you next week. Of course, I'm looking at a score now. Do- this this book might blow up this week, and well, the score might be totally the, 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 the very week. the very act of you mentioning the book. Thank you very much. May actually 
people might flock to short sermons by Donald Parsnips and I should say Adam Dant. Adam Dant. He had a co-writer. Adam and a- Adam and the Dants. I really didn't want to not spotlight Donald Parsnips. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, give us a guess. But so you're telling me it's actually been reviewed on Goodreads? Yeah. yeah. Not telling me how many reviews it's got. I'm going to go. <laughs> but of course, if it had been, say, one review, that doesn't really tell you much, does it? Because it could have been Mr. Parsnips himself. Or, or Mrs. Mrs. Parsnips. <laughs> or young Master Parsnips. Yeah, and also, even if you do assume that, you don't know if Mrs. And Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Parsnips have a happy marriage, or she might go out to try and... I'm going to go with... I'm going to go... So if it was a low, if it was a low number of reviews, there's not going to be any decimal points. Because you can only review in four stars. If it is a low number of reviews. I'm going to hope it is, mm-hmm. for everybody's sake. Yeah. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with four stars. Okay. Four stars on Goodreads. Okay. Well, we will reveal what the real score of um, uh, Short Sermons by Donald Parsnips is next, next week. week. Uh, give me one. How many... How many stars on Goodreads does birth control is sinful in the Christian marriages and also robbing God of priesthood children, two exclamation marks, oh by Elizabeth Yan Strong Anderson have. Elizabeth Yan Strong Anderson. There is a, there is a, a tagline that along the bottom. That wasn't with a tagline. No, that was, that was the full title. Uh, many forced Christ marriages are living on birth control and now leading the American church wealth. Can you read me that again? Because I, I, I imbibed none of it. Many forced Christ marriages are living on birth control and now leading the American church wealth. Okay. Still. That title again is Birth Control is Sinful in the Christian Marriages and Also Robbing God of Priesthood Children. Double exclamation mark. Wow. Okay. Now, my first thought is that a book published with two exclamation marks and a title that long probably is going to not be very well known but it is i think a very particular sect of the population who, who would like this kind of book yeah but so my the, the conundrum i'm in is is it only friends of elizabeth mm. oh it's um that's it's it's, it's, a, it's a mad name as, as mad elizabeth names go Yan. elizabeth yan strong Anderson. oh no it's strong um Anderson. but elizabeth is spelt with um e-l-i-y-zabeth elizabeth Elizabeth Yan, Elizabeth Strang, Yan Anderson. Strong Anderson. Strong Anderson, okay. Hmm. So my question is still, is it just friends of Strong Anderson who... <laughs> it sounds like a wrestler. Um, <laughs> who have liked this or has it gone... Has it reached public and been responded to furiously? That's the question, isn't it? Part of, part of me wants to read you the um, Goodreads little bio... Like this, the book description. Totally up to you. I'd like to hear it, but I don't want you to give me a fa- unfair advantage. Well, I'm going to I'm going to show you from across the way how long it is, and you decide whether or not you want me to okay. read this to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, will it make sense if you read like first paragraph? Uh, there's no full stops in it. Oh shit! So it's maybe written by Elizabeth <clears throat> herself. Elizabeth? I will. Um. How, how about I read until I run out of air? Yeah, go for it. Just take one deep. 
<laughs> and just keep going. This is a Holy Script manuscript book, colon. When you buy this book, you'll be reading a Holy Spirit-directed book from God and Christ Jesus. This book is God's Holy Spirit voice, the call for all Christians and churches to repent from all their sins, even from false Christ teachings. Birth control sins have cursed the church with spiritual whoredom and false worship resulting in the person. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of her typing that with one breath as well. It it, it it keeps going. Yeah, okay, fine. So that that would lend credence to maybe the theory that it hasn't reached the sort of people that might hate that. But also, people ironically love this shit. How would it... And also, Goodreads rating systems are a load of Do bollocks. Do people ironically love... I don't know. I'm just trying to think of reasons. Arguments on I'm, birth control. I'm just trying to argue on both sides of this, so I'm not giving you any clues as to what this rating might be. Also, it's interesting that we both seem to have picked um, something religious. Yeah, I think... I think Complete chance. Complete chance. Let's, let's come clear now. This is not about um, bashing, <laughs> no. bashing religion. I, 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 honestly, I found that book because I looked up the word parsnip. <laughs> and I, that was my favorite in, in, in the author field. No, no, in both. So I was looking at, I was looking at, you know, wild parsnip gardening. Okay, and that was just like written that. by Mr. Parsnip. And then it suddenly came up with someone called Parsnip. And I'll, and I'll live with you. I just googled wackiest books, mm. and I found that on a list. Oh, so it's made a list. It's made a list of wacky books. Not it does not made a list of Goodreads ratings. No, but that tells me it's it's got out into the world. It's it's got. Didn't tell you where I found this book. No, this no, that's true. That's true. But it, it would imply that perhaps it's got a little bit out of control. The strong Anderson house. I don't. I don't think the full stop button on her computer works. I'll tell you. I'm I'm leaning towards either one or five, which is high stakes either way. Yeah. Um, I think you just need to blow your wad on this one. Okay. I am going to say it is a one point twelve. One point twelve. Well, then we'll, we'll, we'll reveal the answer to that one too next week. If that's a well-reviewed book, please, listeners, um, if you're in TMASH, go and rate that down. <laughs> but don't go lower than 112. Okay, we, we also have to remember what we guessed. I'm not going to be. I'm not. Be. I'm not going to be forgetting this anytime soon. One twelve and four. Well, part of me wants to put this on my to read list so that I don't lose you it. Won't forget it. But okay. then other people can also see my to read list. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter. Like I've guessed now, so it doesn't matter if I look it up. I'm not going to because it'd be fun. It'll be more fun to reveal next okay. week. We'll, we'll we'll come back to that. Okay, we'll, cool. We, we will revisit. Now, um, I've got something to play you. Don't you always? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I went out at the weekend. Um, have outside? You, uh, yeah, outside. Have you heard of this new um, literary character, Rap Battle League? No, this is, this is passed me by. Well, I invited you, but you were uh, you were doing something in the park with uh, like like birds or something. You said you were meeting birds, but actually, uh, no. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, fine. Let's just drop it. Um, <laughs> Please. So anyway, you couldn't make it, uh, but I recorded it for you, and so I'm going to play it for you now. Okay, lay it on me. All right, hold it down, hold it down. Welcome back to uh, From the Sheets to the Streets, the literary character of Rat Battle League. On my right is the newcomer, uh, Nick Bottom, off of uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Give it up for Nick. And on my left, uh, returning victorious, is uh, Romeo. Off of uh, off of Juliet. Nah, 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 just playing. Bottom won the toss, so it's first verse on Nick. Let's go. Let's go. Get him, Nick. Right, listen. Uh, l- listen. 
If you like big butts, then I'm your guy. Big Nick Bottom, hogging up the spotlight. Dominate any scene that I long to snatch. I got a donkey's head and a dong to match. Ha! <laughs> All right, Romeo, you little puff. <laughs> I'm an A-list actor shocking ladies in me nice tights. You're a statutory rapist who kills his mates in knife fights. So thus with a kiss my ass, you bitch, I rewrote your tragedy to take the piss. Cos you're the type of nice guy every modern woman fears. Took what should have been a one-night stand and made it chuffing weird. I'd have poked your princess and been out to horse and more by ten. Juliet would be out on her balcony howling after me. Let him roar again! I'd play you, but I don't take women's parts. I got a beard coming. Your twinky little moustache is just a beard with coming. Time! Okay, next verse on Romeo. Let's go. Uh, well, you might be right about that, Nicholas. Want to know why? Why? Because I'm the horniest protagonist. The top-ranked skanks are put to bottom next to me. You know it's going to get a spank. You need some lessons from me, you hopeless fat creep. You got in bed with a queen and then fell the fuck asleep. <laughs> I mean, what you playing at? Your melons on a plate for your fell, and I can tell you've been inside less chicks than the knife my wife fell on. Oh, shit. Ah, I can't knock a hack pleb actor, it's painful. Plus, fuck a guy called Bottom in a rap, and the music genre's anal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my story gets girls wetter than a month of Bloody Marys. Your story gets you laughed at by my buddy dignitaries. A synonym for bomb who kisses blokes in a dress, but still calls Titania Queen of the Fairies. <laughs> Your regional Amdram sham stick to your village hall in Portishead. I'm the godfather of romance, and tomorrow my next opponent's waking up next to a horse's head. Good night, good night, good night. Well, I can't say that... What do you I reckon? I, I think I, I regret not coming along, to oh, be honest. Man, it was a great night. Yeah. Um, who do you reckon won? I'm going to, I think, bottom one on that one. Really? Because I think everyone thought Romeo had smashed it. Really? Like, you could see bottom's face afterwards. I thought, like I, I, he... I, I thought I heard you a couple of times in that recording there as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I heard you in, <laughs> heard you in the background somewhere. Uh, yeah, I was milling around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should definitely come along. You, could, you maybe compete next time. Who's, um, who's, who's up next? Who's, um, who's, <sighs> next on the, who's next on the card? It's not, it's not, it's not 100% confirmed. 100% sure. Uh, it, it goes on all over the country, so it just depends where I can get tickets. <laughs> But it's mainly um, quite regional places that I know the accent of. Um, but it, they do it in. Oh, yeah. really? That's yeah. lucky. It's lucky, yeah. That's yeah. real lucky. Oh, yeah. Um, I got. Uh, we're like business partners. Uh, yeah. We just don't have a business. I'm not signed anything yet. Yeah, no. of course. And we haven't got any money. Um, so, serious business question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think, as a podcast, we should get a drone? Um. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really good for, um, you know, how you can get sort of kind of like landscape city stuff if you're doing... Yeah. Like, if, if, if like so some, something, if somebody's doing a student film and then get some drone footage, just makes it look really professional. We could, yeah, get, some, we could get some drone audio for the podcast. Dro- drone audio, drone footage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because that really, like, sets people at ease. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've got, actually got a, I've got a real story about a drone, which is going to derail this this segment. I want to hear your actually, true story I'll, I'll about come, a drone. I'll come back okay, to Okay, come back to your true story. story about a drone. Um... But um, yeah, no, I do think we should get one because uh, even though we talk about things from a from an ancient bygone world like Shakespeare and, or the nineteen sixties and the Japanese whale population, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we do need to keep abreast of the times. We do, and you know, I'm not saying that we should or want to close an airport down, 
But it's nice to have the option. Exactly, Adam. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> because it's like having a gun. Like, I don't, you know, it's nice. To the, only know thing, it's the, there. the only thing that can stop a bad man with a drone is a, it's a good man with it's a, a drone. a good man with a drone. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel, I feel like we, we, we need to get in before the new legislation that makes drones yeah. harder to get a hold of. So if we were going to get one, we'd probably get one now. This is the time, isn't this it? This is the time. And also, think of the other stuff we could do. Because I'm guessing that the book world people are not that drone aware. No, and I feel like that's so imagine that's, could, that's a big gap in the market. Yeah, but also because they're not very drone aware, we could fly our drone into, say, the Booker meetings. Close they, the close the Booker meeting down. They're for, just going to think it's a butterfly or something, you know. Yeah, they, they're not going to notice it. No, and I think it's the kind of thing. Well, have you seen that video of the um, <laughs> someone's? Um, I think I think this this is before the days of drones. It's like a, it's like a remote remote control helicopter really and it's got like a it's got a, a, a big dildo dangling off it and it's just it's like I off think, the please tell me it's off the off the road no it's just no. hanging down the bottom oh. and i think it's um like some kind of like maybe like a russian awards ceremony or something yeah and um and, and a giant security man punches it out of the sky really it's punches my, the dildo or the copter uh first the dildo then the copter <laughs> and i think it might be one of my favorite youtube videos of all time oh that's hilarious oh, i'm definitely gonna watch that oh no i've remembered it wrong it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't a helicopter with the dildo hanging off it was a, it was actually a dildo with a helicopter rotor blade on oh it. Oh my They'd God. retrofitted a... That's even better. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What was, what, what, was, what was your personal true story about a drone? So it was before I really knew what drones were. I'd never seen one before. But I went to see um, uh, a production of King Lear in um, outside... <laughs> was a drone playing the role of King Lear? Well, you just listen. So we were sitting in like a stone... It's sort of like a natural... Um, uh, kind of amphitheater, but course, made out of stone. Of course, you were. Yeah, because I'm a prick. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very, it was very like uh, picnic blankets and bottles of cider sort of. Night. Sure. So it's, it's it's the kind of thing where if an, an American film company yeah made a scene where a whole lot of British people went to watch Shakespeare. They do it. They there. do it there. They do actually film quite a lot there. It's it's um it's the Cowan Car Ilkley Moor. Okay. If you, if you know that. Anyway, we were watching King Lear, and um. We'd already had a couple of, um, we call them chavs, but I, I know that's not okay anymore, but um, chavs. Youths. You know, cha- yeah, youths. Uh, <laughs> I haven't used the word chav in ages. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it, I'm only using it for historical accuracy because this is a few years ago. Um, but they came over like the BC, ridge and they started swearing. Before and, chav you know, and after chav. Mooning. And, yeah, it was BC. Um, uh, so it already had its fair share of interruptions, <laughs> sure. put it that way. Then... Big fat bloke um, emerges on the promontory um, with a remote control. You can Uh see where this is going. Leah is in the storm. So he's on his knees shouting against the tempest. There's the fool there and they're both crying. Uh, There isn't actually a storm, but they're they're doing a good job. And it's it's echoing around this big natural (laughs) amphitheatre. This guy so slowly lowers his drone in just above Leah's head and I don't even think he's dicking around I think he's genuinely like curious like what's going on here but he's not aware of how much of how close he is how close he is and how much the noise of the drone like you just made then like fills this place so the noise of the um of the actor going ho 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 is just being completely drowned out by this and like everyone is kind of like deafened um and then someone threw a rock at it Did it did that take the drone out um, it made the drone leave, okay, but it didn't take it out. Well, I think maybe there's a contract for you in there and getting rid of all the drones around London airports. But we could, we are, well, it depends which way we go, because we could be the good guys clear, getting drones out of Shakespeare, get them out of King Lear. 
I'm, I, you know, I, th- I, th- I think I, I'm, I'm pro drone opportunities in yeah. Shakespeare castings. Yeah, I'd quite like to see. I wish that drone hadn't been as coy as it was and stage shy. I wish it had taken a role. <laughs> and it was, it's actually the fault of the um, the company, really, that they didn't say, yeah. those are the costumes, mate. Just put one on. Just put one on, yeah. Be background if you like. Yeah, well, I can't, I, I can't wait to see next year when Drone, Drone's Hamlet is on. Drone Hamlet, yeah. Drone Hamlet. They're, um, they'll be showing it at cinemas all around the, the yeah. country. Joe Neo and Juliet. <laughs> I think this, this, there might actually be a bit here, so we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, pa- we'll, leave, we'll that leave that there. We'll leave it. So, exciting news. Oh. More, more sort of uh, business news. Okay. Um, I've done a bit of hiring. Hiring? Yeah, I've, um, you know, we're both pretty busy guys. Yeah. Um, well, you are. Uh, so, I've hired a, a correspondent to chip in and help us out. Okay. Um, uh, he's uh, called Richard Woof. He's an up-and-coming... Uh, I think I've heard of him, actually. Yeah, you might have done. He's, he's done some pretty important uh, does he not? Does he not, does he not um, present de- 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 Desert Island dickheads on Radio 4? No, that's Dick Wolf. Oh, okay, that's Dick Wolf. Do oh, not confu- I mean, you've just saved yourself a major phobia. There. This is Richard Wolf. It, not okay. to be confused with Dick Wolf. He doesn't like Dick. No, no, he doesn't. Uh, anyway, he's an up-and-coming broadcaster, and he's going to contribute little features to us that we can just drop in. Fantastic. Um, so less work for you and I. So um, Ideal. I- Are we paying him? Uh, yeah, I just paid him um, what what I was going to give you. Cause, oh, because you're not doing it, you see. Oh, um, um no, okay. And it I works out so. though. Like, I g- I'll write it down for you. It works out that you get nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Shall I just roll the clip? <laughs> Thanks, boys. Hi, I'm Richard Wolf, and I'll be hosting a series of short segments from the front lines of the writing scene. Bring your Ray-Bans, folks. It's gonna be lit. English lit. Richard. All right, now take your Ray-Bans off, because we're in Bradford, and they'll make you a target. I've come to talk to Dudley Dodd, a working-class playwright with a humble background and a face like an unmade bed. Dudley came up with the angry young men of the 50s and 60s, Kingsley Amis, Philip Larkin, and and in his own world of theatre, Joe Orton and John Osborne. These were men what said it like what it was. They didn't have time for the ornate modernism of Eliot, Auden and Ezra Pound. No, they said angrily, or no. <laughs> We're not going to write about the fate of the soul. We're going to write about Minan, post-industrial degeneration and beer for 20p. Here's a rare recording of Dudley Dodd's first autobiographical play, Drinking Beer for 20p with my post-industrial nan who's a degenerate. No, but ma'am... I don't want to live all my life in Grimbledon. I want to be a writer. A writer? You can't be a writer, son. Us dads don't do writing. Get a real job like your dad does and go work down the chimney pots. (laughs) Dudley's real father did indeed work down the chimney pot. (laughs) For 40 years. For 40 years. But what he was actually doing down there all that time remains unclear. (laughs) I asked Dudley about his upbringing to find out if it really was as shit as it sounds. (laughs) I'm gone. I need a sec. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Oh, yes. Miserable. My mum said it were better during war, because at least it were exciting, like... At least living in Grimbleston during the war was misery with a point. I grew up in France. Gorgeous. Ooh, very nice. 
I lived here now in Bradford 30 years and it's paradise in comparison. Jesus! It's a dead artistic city, Bradford. David Ockney, John Brain, Dynamo. I'm assuming these men are darts players. Uh, well, they, they, they do play darts as well, yeah. Oh, pig farmers, butchers, people who work with meat. That's where they started out, yeah, on meat circuit. <laughs> Short square men who wear their flat caps like lids. Yeah, bang on. Dudley, I wanted to ask you about the titles of your plays. They seem to shrink as the years go on. Yeah, well spotted. In the beginning, I wanted to have as much information in titles as possible, so audience wouldn't feel swinged. When I were a lad, I went to see Hamlet, which I wanted to see because I thought it were about not much am. Just like a little Hamlet, you know? Like what I got on a Sunday if I were lucky, and my dad had a good week down the chimney pot. But it were a trick, and I didn't want to do that in my own plays. So my first few are called things like getting off with a Mersey sound fan round the back of Grandways in a once proud textile city. But over the years, I realised I were given too much away with my titles. Like, like in that one, it looked like the main character, Ridley Rod, was actually going to get off with the Mersey sound fan near the canal in Saltaire, but he doesn't, because it were when sewers were kicking off, and he didn't want to create another canal-based scandal. Fascinating. I always wondered about that. So I started making them shorter. My next one were called Snogging a Bird in Wimpies, but what I didn't put is which branch of wimpies. And as you'll know if you've seen to play, it features every branch of wimpies in the northeast, none of which survive. Giving the play a new poignancy. Right. And bringing it back to Hamlet. <clears throat> he was haunted by his father's ghost, and your play is haunted by the ghost of wimpies. Yeah, I guess so. And I started wanting to make titles even shorter than that. So I called them things like Bingley Pigeon Fancying. Then just pigeons, comma, Bingley. Then even shorter, just just fragments of sound that evoked that world like Bing and Pidge. <laughs> Finally, Dudley, what's your favourite thing to be? Angry, young, or a man? Well, I'm not exactly young anymore. Not as angry as I was either. So man's the one you've stuck with. It's got to be man then, Dud. I like being a man too. Wouldn't swap it for a million pounds. No, it's great, isn't it? It really is. Well, folks, it's safe to put your Ray-Bans back on because now I'm Ubering south on country... <laughs> well, folks, it's safe to put your Ray-Bans back on because now I'm Ubering south on company money. I hope you've enjoyed this first segment of Richard Woof's Britain's Books Writers with Richard Woof. I'm en route to my next assignment. For now, it's back to Ash and Adam at Here Read This Studio. As an angry young man might say, On your head, you prat. Cheers, boys. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about that new segment. Yeah, what? Uh, what threatened? Yeah, well, I think he's 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 very very beeb. He really you know? puts us to shame, doesn't he? He's really pro- professional. Was um was he in um was he in Blackadder? <laughs> Did he play Flashman in Blackadder? Uh God, no, he's dead. The Rick Mail. Oh shit! No, that yeah, was Rick Yeah, that Mayo, wasn't, wasn't him. Um, but I think what might have happened, and this is just a wild guess, is he might have watched too much Blackadder too young. And uh, now uh, it's kind have, of stuck. Yeah, he might only have sort of three or four voices he can do on demand, uh-huh. and all of them are from Blackadder. Uh, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Like, say, if he did a Christmas special or something, you might think, like, oh, why are all these voices from Blackadder? And why is this plot from Blackadder? And why is the plot from Blackadder too? So, I mean, that's just a guess. That's just a guess. Yeah. But I mean, I like him. I think I think it's it's good. It's just free content well, actually, for us, isn't it? Except, it, well, free is free is free for me. I mean, oh, not not. So, am I? Am I? 
problem. Am I paying him? I thought I explained this, Adam. I, I paid him with the money that was going to go to you, but now isn't. So okay. I, haven't, I haven't... It's free for me. Okay. okay. Cool? Sure. Listen, can you... Um, if you've got time, um, can you give me some crap writing advice from the internet? Um, you want writing advice from me? Um, all right, go on. You, you give me some as well. Uh, I've got a good Nabokov quote. Is it the one I told you? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, not that one. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Let's hear a crap one off the internet for a laugh. Got a meme. Go on. Got a writing inspiration meme. Let's hear it. Um, your characters are your children and you feel guilty for hurting them this way. Yeah, that is crap, isn't it? That's really crap. I like that. Thank you very much. That's Great. Okay. Really crap. Uh, well, that is about it for today, I think. Um, do you have any good Christmas reads that you wanted to recommend or any just recent recommendations? Because I've what got a couple. The moment. I am reading, I'm reading Love in the Time of Cholera. Oh. A moment. Like Gabriel Garcia Marquez. That's one we could definitely do. I'd quite like to do that. Really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Um, I'd read a novella mm-hmm. by him called um, Nobody Writes to the Colonel, oh, which is about, one. it's only like 50 odd pages long. Mm-hmm. And it's about a a retired army general in a sort of post-colonial republic waiting for his military pension to come through. Oh. And how that strain how that is putting strain on his life and his relationships. Nice. Really nice little book. Nice. Loving the time of color. I'm not so far into it yet. The blurb talks about a main character who I've not encountered yet. Oh, okay. So I don't think I'm very far into it at all. Yeah. But I'm enjoying him. Nice. Have you read 100 Years of Solitude? Not, no. That, oh. that novella is the only Marquez I've ever read. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, well, I'd quite like to do Marquez at some point. Um, I read um, In Cold Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit underwhelmed, actually. Yeah, didn't you like, finished it and everything? You've ready for your thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know. It's one of those books where I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in the, in the, uh, the background of the writing of it. What, than, is, the, what, was, what, what is the background? So Truman Capote yeah. um, got interested in a a quadruple murder. Is it quadruple? Yeah. Okay. Um, committed by these two. Oh no, I know this one. I know. I do. I yeah. I've, I know. Yeah. It's it's just Truman Capote's true crime book. Yeah. 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 Oh God, no! I I've, the number of times I've seen it, but I never really thought twice about it. I'm going to reread it because I did find it a little bit underwhelming, but I'm not sure if maybe I was too. Um, Have you read Capote before? Too exposed. Yeah, I have. What I do you think? Um, it wasn't at all like the stuff I've read before. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, it's definitely worth a read. Um, really? I, I was just, I, I'd, I, it had been handed to me with the glow of it being epoch-making masterpiece sort of. And did it not blow you away? Didn't blow me away. Mm, I know it's a very reductive thing to say, but we're, we're, we're short of time. I've since been reading The Road. Oh, by, yeah. um, more snacks, more McCarthy. snacks, McCarthy. Uh, actually, a lot of very moving writing about snacks in that. Yeah, because the world's run out of them. Yeah. Um, so it's more, it's more about lack of snacks, less snacks, McCartney. Grim, isn't it? Yeah. That, have you read it, The Road? No, I've, 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 I've seen the film. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching Aragon mm-hmm. make his way through a, a devastated America. Yeah. Um, have you read No Country for All Men? Uh, once again, I've seen the film. I shouldn't. Be, I really should. I shouldn't be doing a book, book podcast. No, no. We we should be doing that film podcast. You keep you keep going on about. Um, oh, it's weird. You might have noticed something different about me since um, last year. Um, 
I'll give you a clue, like the smell when you walk in. You've had a shower. <laughs> no, I've I've given up the um, nicotine supplement that I've been oh. using. It wasn't quite cigarettes, but it was the um, robotized um, kind. Some people okay. call it vaping, but I, I, I prefer to call it, uh, yeah, robotic cigarettes. Robotic cigarettes. Yeah, bionic cigarettes. Bionic cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I've, I've given up that. And weirdly... I am going somewhere with this, I promise. The first time I read Cormac McCarthy, I read No Country for Old Men, and it was the week I first quit smoking. They they smoke non-stop. And... I know, but also, like, if you've ever want if if you ever wanted to do, like, serious... Um, smoking. Drugs. Oh. Like, mind-altering drugs. But mm-hmm. you don't want to, like, do anything that's going to damage your health. You should just smoke quite heavily for about five years, mm-hmm. and then go completely cold turkey and read Cormac McCarthy. Because <laughs> I was... In a, on another planet. <laughs> and weirdly, I just happened to have picked up The Road on the same week that I gave up bionic cigarettes. This why, time. Uh, sorry, yeah, The Road, yeah. Why Why is now the time to read The Road? Uh, I, honestly, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But I, I, I am enjoying it. It's, the, it's weird because it's so solemn that you want to laugh. It's a bit like... Is, is it... Oh, is, oh, overwrought? Is that fair? It's, no, it's not fair to call it overwrought because the, the writing... He writes like someone who doesn't like writing for about 70% of the time. Like he, like he puts his he puts his sentences down like he's killing small animals to put them out of their misery, you know. It's he plodded through. He's the not road. treating his characters like his children. No, he's definitely not. If I mean, if he is, then he needs to be arrested, <laughs> or his children need to be taken off him. Um, but then suddenly, an absolutely blinder of a sentence or a paragraph or a bit that kind of reads like a poem will come along. Okay. And you get a slightly Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. It's like, did that just look good? Because it was 30 pages of just the ash fell on the snow. The um, the road was covered in um, debris. Debris it's... everywhere. <laughs> shuffling along the road. Debris. Debris. Ash. Eating human flesh. Yeah. 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 Is uh, it... Um, no, does, a bit of that as well. does, does it read like... The sentences were written and then everything else was written around those good sentences. Uh, if I was being really unfair, maybe like a couple of them do. Okay. Like, because they, they do just come out of abso- absolutely nowhere. You don't think um, maybe he had some really good ideas or had some really good lines? I will say the first half uh, is more heavy on those moments than the second. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I like it. I, I mean, I, I quite like it. It's... it's um, does it deserve its place? As I don't know where it, what its place is. Modern classic. Ooh, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I would put it. It's the sort of enjoyment from reading um, Raymond Chandler. I get a lot of enjoyment from reading, reading Raymond Chandler. It's one Me of my too. favorites. Yeah. I get a lot of re- enjoyment for reading this, but I wouldn't say that it was sort of like it's not eating greens. You know what mm. I mean? I I actually read a really interesting essay about Raymond Chandler this week. Yeah. About about night imagery. Like knights and mm. justice and oh, moral knights with a K, knights with a K, ah. moral moral fortitude in a city of sin. Yeah, it's a really good time. I want to read all my Chandler again now. I fucking yeah, we're, we're definitely going to do Chandler. We've yes. talked about it. A few we've talked times. about it. We'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll we do have Chandler. to do it to shut up. We have to do it to shut up. Yeah. Okay, definitely. One final recommendation. Yeah. Sorry to go on a bit. I read a really great book over christmas and it is called this new noise it's i've about... seen that one before Have you? Is, is is it about the history of bbc radio that uh well the bbc this the bbc it's in general BBC, okay yeah. it's absolutely brilliant it's really really great um it starts off with um you know like john reith sorry lord reith is it john i can't remember well it's, it's, is that the speech he gave 
No, it's uh, like the the guy who just um, was the first um, director general. Is it director general? I think so. Because I've now I'm like a month ago that I read this. Because I have very director vivid... general, first director general of the BBC, and to this day the longest serving. Because I've got a very vivid memory of him giving a a speech that was broadcast live on television. And it was one of the first things the BBC broadcast. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was it just, almost certainly will be. And yeah. it was just like a fantastic speech about the potentials of a new medium that everybody had access to. Well, he's quite funny in the early days. He doesn't have many, um, he doesn't have many hopes for it. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there's quite a funny running thing of people assuming that this, uh, this radio idea will be a real fucking nuisance and we shouldn't use it very much, but maybe it will be useful for sports scores. Um, <laughs> there's a really good bit about that. Um, Reef is like a spectre that haunts the whole book, like because the, the, the history moves on to uh-huh. present day. Um, really fascinating woman called Hilda Matheson. Okay, and um, I could tell you loads about her, but um, I, th- if this doesn't hook you, nothing will. She is in a love triangle that also involves Virginia Woolf. That's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, I'm um, in. There you go. Um, and it also has regular contributions from David Attenborough. So, which is the cherry on top to yeah. any piece of literature. Um, including this, which I just wanted to read out. I wanted to quote it because I think you and I, Adam, should either get this tattooed or um, get a plaque outside the Ear Read This um, studio. Ear Read This Towers. Ear Read This Towers, yeah. Um, so the author, Charlotte Higgins, is talking to Attenborough uh, about his role in producing Civilization. And then he goes on David to... David Attenborough produced all yeah, of Civilization. Well, he, he had a, at least a hand in Monty Python as well. I was I, I was meaning human civilization. But. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, in producing civilization. No, the show. Okay. Um, uh, and then he uh, despairs of some of its successes. He picks out a program as an example that had aired just before they met called Apples, Pears and Paint, Oof. How to Make a Still Life Painting. Oh, I'm so excited. So this is David Attenborough's quote. It had a typical crappy kind of sense of, oh, we can't have a Mandarin point of view. So what you will do is get 10 different people, we'll interview them, and then we'll just sling little slices of it together. And there's no thesis, there's no continuity, there's no central thought. It was exasperating, empty-headed. The trouble is we live in a populist culture where we can't accept that there's anybody who actually knows more about things than you do. Broadcasting... Attenborough said, should be the cream of thinkers in society who have been given by the BBC a platform on which they may speak, but the BBC doesn't believe that now. And here we are, just a couple idiots with some microphones. A couple of twats with a couple of microphones, yeah. But, I mean, a good standard, I think, to to live by. And if if nothing else, uh, our podcast is um, against the sort of, you know, pointless top ten lists and that sort of fluff. Yeah, um, anti and uh, anti fluff is one thing, yeah. but we are also we're a just, bit lower on fluff than most. But we're still a bit fluffy around the edges. We've got there's a there's a lot of fluff. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not 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 quite belly button lint. We're sort of a higher quality of fluff, like like the stuff you get in dryers. Yeah, like a really yeah, like uh, you might pull out warm of a, lint. You might pull out of a leather sofa. Oh yeah, it's that sort of fluff. You might tempted to eat it. Is it is is is, is it bad? I'm getting uncomfortable not being humble about what kind of fluff we are yeah <laughs> yeah it's a little bit bad speaking of fluff though you've got a big fluffy beard now I've, it was even larger last yeah. week i shaved it all off yeah and i noticed i'm um, I, I wanted you to bring it so you could might maybe get some ambient bristling there you go Ooh. yeah yeah um anyway that's about it really um should we just leave you with a little bit more bristling nice nice bye bye <laughs>